broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And just like that, we're kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, DeMond Cotton, your boy Q. We're here for another hour, one hour long, one hour strong. Excited about this week. This whole week leading up to the NFL draft is so exciting, and it's got me pumped. I mean, I'm really, really amped. I'm excited about the guests that we have all week long. I mean, we have already got people that are hitting us up like, hey, can I join the show on this day to talk about this, that, and the other? I mean, we've got so many people hitting us up. It's fantastic. Not to mention we're going through our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft. We've done the first four picks so far today, but we're going to get through all 31 by Wednesday, uh, right before the draft kicks off on Thursday of next week. And, of course, uh, the shows will come from uh, Kansas City starting on the 25th. So uh, next Tuesday at about 6 a.m., I'll get on a get on a bird and fly to Kansas City. And by the time it's ready for the show to start, I will be in Kansas City ready to bring you all the sights and sounds from the draft. And I'm telling you, man, uh, this station, Raider Nation Radio 920, whether you agree with all our takes or not, or some of them or none of them, it's all good. But we've got everything covered, right? We've been at every draft. We've been at the Super Bowls multiple times, came to the Combine this year, went to the owners' meetings. I mean, we've got you covered from every different angle. I know tomorrow uh, JT the Brick is going to be recording another Raider Roundtable show, so and that's going to uh, have Lincoln Kennedy involved as well. Uh, we're just excited, right? Uh, the day of the draft, I'll do JT's show on Thursday. I'll do from 12 to 3 in Kansas City. Then I'll pitch it to JT and Eric Allen, who will be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and they'll lead you right up to the draft. And, oh, by the way, Lincoln Kennedy will be at the Raiders draft party, and he'll be chiming in as well. I mean, we're going to be in so many different locations. We have literally got you covered like a glove. It doesn't get any better than that. So I'm so excited about this time of year. Of course, today is the first day of uh, little workouts going on at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, little phase one for the team. And phase one is really a whole lot of nothing. I mean, I won't say nothing. It's something, but it's, it's nothing to get all worked up about. Phase one consists of the first two weeks of the program with activities, limited meetings, strength and conditioning, and physical rehab. That's it. So you saw the Raiders tweet out a picture of, I think, Hunter Renfro. Uh, you saw Jacoby Myers. Jimmy G showed up. I thought there was one more player that they had uh, pictured in, in, in earlier today. But anyway, they're, just, they're, they're showing up to the facility. And again, they're just going through uh, meetings, strength and conditioning, and physical rehab. And, and that's really it. And so it's kind of cool just to see them back into some kind of form of activity knowing that the draft is right around the corner. So we'll bring it to you from every single angle. So the question that I threw out there, we'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r We have no more guests the rest of the show, so we're wide open like some old school TV antennas. You can chime in at any point of the show that you want. What do you think or who do you think will be the first four picks in the 2023 NFL Draft? Uh, you're picking for the Panthers, Texans, Cardinals, and Colts. And then if C.J. Stroud, who looks like he could be available, looks like the Houston Texans aren't real comfortable with him at the quarterback position. They're not really into him like they are Bryce Young, and they could pass on him, even though Landry Locker, who joined the show earlier today, still went with C.J. Stroud at number two in our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft. But if he's available there and say the Cardinals are on the clock and C.J. Stroud's still on the board, do you think that the Raiders should make a move for him being that guy? He was my quarterback one coming out of the combine. I saw that dude throw the ball and was super accurate. I was like, man, that's the guy. And I do believe, as we've been told multiple times, that the Raiders would be interested in C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. So if C.J. Stroud is available, 
do you think that they go and make a move for him? So, again, you can hit us up at 702-365-9200 and also the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Got a text here from Sir Whiskey Ray. He chimed back in. He said, Q&D, I'm loving the airplay, laughing my ass off. These days I call home San Bruno, California. I'm a two-minute ride to San Francisco. Upcoming trips here again to San Diego, taking my dad to a Dodger vs. Padre game in May and Hawaii with the family in late May. Vegas trips coming up in September for our wedding and for a home Raider game. I'm definitely going to hook up with you guys and hang out for sure. What can I say? I'm that guy who loves to have fun and party hard. LOL. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. And said, P.S., just like Q, no, just like you, Q, no one eats in the car, including my beautiful fiance. So I respect that. Like I said, Sir Whiskey Ray is a guy I can hang out with. There's no doubt about that. You can't eat in the car? Cool. We riding together. Tamon knows that oh too well as we rode all the way to Arizona. And while he wasn't sleeping, he wasn't eating either. <laughs> there was no eating in the car, even though we had a whole big old thing of snacks. So there's that. Also, got a text from uh, Raider Steve from Reno, who actually knows Sir Whiskey Ray. Says, thanks for being there, guys. I think we need to stay at number seven and pick the best defensive player available, which will probably be either Jalen Carter or one of the two corners. We have not drafted the player we should have drafted and the player the league thought we should have drafted in a very long time. I say this year, we do stay put unless you can snatch Richardson. Just draft the best defensive player. Shout out to Sir Whiskey Ray, who I'm playing in fantasy baseball this week. As I mentioned a few months back, he works with my fiance. I'll be it remotely for the same company. Take care, guys. Go Dubs. Down go the Brooks and the Grizz. So there you go. <laughs> As DeMond perks up when Raider Steve from Reno says, go Dubs, but... Down goes your Grizzlies. All right. Down goes the Warriors. Why got a bit? Why? They're not going to see them in the next round either. Why you got to involve the Warriors? They did, what did they do to you? What did I'll they do be to satis- you? I'll be satisfied with losing if we both lose. How about that? Why? The Warriors got rings. The Grizzlies ain't got nothing but a lot of talk. They got, they got, they got my man, uh, what's his name? Stanky Leg. Uh, it's hard out here for a pimp. Who, Terrence Howard? Yeah, yeah, about? yeah, yeah. Who's, what was his name in the movie? What was his name in uh, Hustle I, and Flow? I can't remember. That's why I called him Stanky Leg, because you know who I was talking about. Look, you named him immediately. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I saw someone put on uh, on Twitter, you'll appreciate this, that, that uh, the Lakers, they, uh, they, they took that game plan that the Grizzlies had to play them. And, and anyway, it was Terrence Howard pulling his, his mixtape out of the toilet like he did in, in Hustle and Flow. I thought that was hilarious. That was when uh, he decided to go beat the brakes off of Ludacris. What was Ludacris's name? I forget. I remember no characters from the movie, really? but just remember the movie. Yeah, yeah, that was a great movie. And then they decided to make what? What was the movie that they or a TV show that they made that was basic, basically off of it, but it, with uh, with my girl, uh, Taraj Minaj. Oh, Empire. Yeah, yeah, Empire was all that was was hustle and flow, like a bootleg version of it. And then it got real silly. So I was like, yeah, okay, I stopped watching after the first season. I, I did too. Like, yeah, but uh, Taraj Minaj got my attention for many different reasons. <laughs> Taraj Minaj is all right by me. I'm just saying. She's definitely up there on the list. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, man, it's okay to have a list. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. So there's that. So you can hit us up. Get us, keep us out of trouble. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the don'tbebroke.com text line. But as I mentioned, I wanted to get into this piece about Anthony Richardson from the Players' Tribune. You can check it out at playerstribune.com. If you've never heard of the Players' Tribune, it's by the players. Derek Jeter put the whole thing together, and players actually pen what they have to say. And I thought this was really cool. And actually, this is not something that I discovered on my own. I had a couple people actually point it out to me, and they are like, man, Q, I think this is a guy that you would like. Just read it. And so I took some time. I went over it last week, but I took some time to deep dive into it over the weekend when I really had nothing going on. So I was good. So I was able to soak the whole thing in. 
So if you want to check it out, and I'll just give you the Cliff Notes part of it. But this is why I like him. He puts out Dear NFL GMs. And off top, I'll just read you the first little line. Dear coaches and GMs, I know that draft night is a big night for you, and it's definitely a big night for me and my family. I don't take for granted what's going, what it's going to mean to hear my name called on that stage. This isn't just about football. It's life-changing. So before everything is locked in, I just want to take this last opportunity to tell you a little bit about my story. If you're going to make a bet on me, then I want you to know where I come from and why I play this game. That's just the opening statement from Anthony Richardson, which already I, I keep going back to the fact that he's got it upstairs. Like he gets it, right? It's just one of those things. And so he starts talking about why he enjoys football, who got him into football, how his uncle played such a major role in, in, his, in his life and, and why he you know, grew up to want to play football and what it meant to you know, be a football player in Florida. I mean, he just goes on and on and on about everything and his life. Right. But then what really stood out to me and actually someone kind of screenshotted this part and said it to me, He talks about being in Florida, all this good stuff. But he said this and this is what and you'll understand as soon as I read it, Demond, why I, it stood out to me. He said, yeah, I may not pay attention to all the noise, but I do hear the critics. I know the things people are picking apart. People talk about whether I could be accurate. They say I don't have touch. They say I can't throw short. They say a lot of things. All I got to say is watch how hard I work. In my mind, I could do anything with the football in my hand, but I know that no one will ever work harder than me to improve. Whether that's my footwork, accuracy, mechanics, learning defenses, you name it, you can always grow, and that's what I'm focused on. I'm going to come in and be tireless. I'm going to put it all on the line. My family sacrificed too much for me not to give everything to this game. So that's just, like I said, just a little bit of Anthony Richardson, his story on the Players' Tribune, but just my me reading that little last paragraph, you understand why I've become a fan of of young Anthony Richardson. Of course. How can you listen to that, read that, and not think, hey, this guy's going to be the number one pick, or he should be the number one pick? I know that everybody like everybody, wants to work hard, but for him to pin this letter on the Players' Tribune, I do think that, like you said, that sets him apart where this guy, he's just built different. And sometimes when you are looking at guys when at the top of the draft, if you have them kind of rated equally, mm-hmm. what's going to separate him a little bit? I do think that maybe in those interviews it is coming across of, man, this guy, he wants it more. And I know that sometimes that it's not everybody wants to work hard, right? but sometimes those guys at the next level, yeah. when it comes to what separates you, hey, that guy just wants it more. Well, you know, the thing about it is, and I'm a big, firm believer in working hard and outworking everyone, and that's what I always hang my hat on that I'll, I promise I will always do is outwork everyone. No matter how the talent is, what the talent looks like, I will outwork everybody. Like, that, you don't stand a chance, right? It's just That's just how it is. So I hear that, and I think what Jalen Hurts did and then we just see him agreeing to a deal, a massive deal, as a set, former second-round pick who a lot of people had doubts about. Hell, the Eagles had doubts about him going into last year. They went and made the move for A.J. Brown, and we had people on the show who was like, hey, he's got to prove it this year. He's got to prove it this year. He's about to make $51 million a year now. Wow. Shout-out to Agent Nicole Lynn as well, uh, his agent representing him. And I don't know if you found out how she ended up becoming his agent. She reached out to him. Right, just randomly, and was like, "Hey, I don't know if you have an agent. If you do, I'd be interested in representing you." And he was like, "Okay, wow!" Like just randomly, like nobody introduced him to her, none, no family hookup, no nothing like that. It was just she threw a hail mary, and it was answered. And now she's one of the best in the game. I mean, she's been one of the best in the game for a minute. Like she represents Quentin Williams and a whole lot of others. But yeah, again, betting on yourself. She was like, "Hell, the worst he could say is no." So. She threw it out there. Hey, I'd like to represent you if you don't have an agent. Boom. Now she just represented him and got $51 million a year for him. $51. It's a lot of money. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's a hell of a story. But, again, going back to Jalen Hurts and why I was such a big fan of his coming out of, of college 
is because I, I saw that work ethic in him, and that's because I covered him. So I saw it and realized, okay, this dude's going to outwork, you know, probably everybody. And I know a lot of people who didn't cover him and may just seen him from a distance didn't really understand what he brought to the table. And so when someone comes on the show from Florida who covers Anthony Richardson is like, man, Q, that dude's going to, you know, he's, he's going to outwork you or he's got it upstairs. He's this, that, and the other. I take that to mean a lot more because I know that they get to see him up close and personal, just like I did with Jalen Hurts. And that's why I was such a firm believer that he was going to be good. Now, I didn't know he was going to lead the Eagles to the Super Bowl. I didn't know he was going to end up getting a 200-something million dollar contract with 100-something million dollars guaranteed. That's incredible. I didn't know that, but I did believe in my heart that he was going to be the guy, right? And I, and I talked about it forever, hoping that the Raiders were going to make that move, and the Eagles were smart enough to get on it and make that move in the second round. And so his hard work has obviously paid off. Anthony Richardson feels like he's got those same kind of the want to in him, that he is going to want to get better. Now, the difference between him and Jalen Hurts, Jalen had a lot of, of games played before he came out of college, right? Both at Alabama and at Oklahoma, and he won a lot. Anthony Richardson literally has 13 career starts, so it's very, very minimal. But he still has that, he still has that want to, which goes a long way, at least with me. And something else, I think it was two paragraphs before, I'll read it here a little bit, where if you do draft him, you should feel comfortable about this section of it. It really clicked for me the, in the middle of my freshman year. Watching Kyle Trask helped my game a lot. One of the best things I learned from him, from watching him, is if you know offense like the back of your hand, it's easy to expose another defense. For me, that's where teams mm-hmm. say, hey, if we draft him, and maybe he does have to sit for a year, or if he sits for most of the season, he's letting you know, I learned a lot from sitting. Mm-hmm. I learned from watching that's the true. guy in front of me. That's true. So he, so he's comfortable with that role of, hey, that guy's in front of me for a reason, because, and I can learn from him. I, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point, because everyone doesn't learn like that. Some people, and I've talked about it, like some people need to be in the action. I even think that, you know, maybe a package here, a package there. And I don't remember who was on the show talking about it, but we asked them or I asked them about a package for Anthony Richardson. And they said, you know what, that may slow down his production. I think that was uh, the young lady from C- Seattle, right? Was that Stacey Joe Ross that was on and saying that, you know what, maybe you don't want to put him into a package just when you put him out there, then put him out. No, no. You know who that was? It was on Friday. It was Cynthia Freeland. That's who it was. Okay. From NFL Network. Cynthia Frick. Remember, we went through the different quarterbacks yeah, and their they comps. projected. Yeah, that's who that was. So, yeah. And she was saying, no, when you throw him out there, just throw him out there. Like, say, okay, you're going to roll with them at this point. But he's also letting you know in that piece, and I'm glad you brought that up, that, yeah, he, he can learn. He can learn just by watching, observing, instead of having to, having to do it. Like, I, I'm not a learner like that. I can't learn like that. I have to literally do it and mess up. That's, that's how I get better at something is just being in the mix and just go. I'm not one of those, oh, I'm going to sit back and take notes and, you know what I mean, and I'm going to learn this way and, oh, you press this button, then you press. No, I got to just do it. I got to do it. I got to screw it up. I got to throw a couple picks, and then all of a sudden I'll get comfortable. So that's just me. But everyone has their own way of doing things. And, again, it sounds like he's saying that, hey, I can, I can learn multiple different ways. I could be in the mix or I could be sitting back watching, and I'm still going to learn and I'm still going to outwork you because I'm going to be in the books, I'm going to be studying. I know in our mock draft here he's not available, but in real life, I do think that maybe the Seahawks, are, they, they, might, um, they might pull the trigger on him at number five. I think there's a good chance that they could. Yeah, I, I really do, because Geno Smith has only got a three-year deal, right? I mean, what's the difference between him and Jimmy G? You know, I mean, Jimmy G is more accomplished than Geno Smith. Geno Smith literally has played his whole career and only finally has had a good season. Finally, right? He's been in the league forever. He's finally had a good season. And now he got rewarded for it, so credit to him for that. But he's got a three-year deal. So wouldn't it make sense for Seattle, who doesn't expect to be picking in the top ten again, to go and pull the trigger on Anthony Richardson and say, hey, you sit behind Geno, 
if all goes well, you don't have to play at first because Geno is going to be able to hold it down. But if he craps the bed, if he ends up not being, if he, you know, the, the, the pumpkin blows up or whatever, you know, that dream season ends, then you can maybe throw him in the mix. Yeah, for me, for Geno, he's he's a victim of the circumstance where he's good enough for the team to feel comfortable with him, but they also feel so comfortable. Why not take this risk after that Russell Wilson trade of having? You're never like you said. Yeah, they're not going to be getting the number. They're not going to be picking that high again, especially you know if Denver can get their act together. Did they trade multiple first rounds for him? Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Think, I think Denver's going to be a little bit better that they're not going to have that number five pick. So for Geno, I don't think it would be a slap in the face at all. And then when we did have Stacey on, she did mention that Geno's taken mm-hmm. in stride. He wouldn't mind mentoring someone. Right. So with that attitude that he has already that said, hey, guys, I'm not going to be the disgruntled vet if they do draft a rookie quarterback, Seattle's looking like the perfect spot for him. I mean, they do. They do. I love this from Anthony Richardson as well to close out on the Players' Tribune. So to all the coaches and GMs who are reading this, see you at the draft. If you call the name Anthony Richardson, I promise that you won't regret it. I mean, again, I could be falling for the banana in the tailpipe, but this is a dude, and and again, I'm not doing any justice because it would be terrible if I just sat here and read the whole thing to you. Like, this is not reading comprehension class. Like, I I know you don't want to hear me read the whole story, but I definitely encourage anyone to go check it out. Theplayerstribune.com, Anthony Richardson. It's, It's a letter from him to NFL coaches and GMs, and it's really good. And so when you hear, oh, Anthony Richardson is is killing it in, in interviews, I wonder why. He wrote a, he, he penned this this piece and it's fantastic. He would have wowed me, right? <laughs> Lucky I ain't no damn GM. I would have probably traded the farm to go get him just because I'm sold on the work ethic. Again, I'm in the perfect position, <laughs> right? Because that that's what it's all about, man. I don't have to do anything too major. This is man. I'm telling you, I'm I'm just I'm super impressed when I read this. You know the funny thing. I'll read you one more piece. I am going to end up reading the whole thing, huh? No, I'm not. I refuse. He's talking about his family. He says, my family, man, I owe them everything. It's funny. When I was younger, my mom used to interview me on long car rides, like I was at a press conference or something. I'd be like, why are we doing this? And she'd say, you're going to need it one day. And now I look at where I am. I'm just grateful that she believed that I could be somebody. How powerful is that? Can you imagine that? And look, I'll say this about, and the only thing I could ever talk about is myself because that's all I know. My dad used to make me like recite Bible verses and, you know what I mean, say all kinds of different things. And I always be like, why am I doing this? I go complain to my mom, like, ah, oh, he's got me doing this and that. And my mom's like, just do it. You know, just get it over with. And then when it all comes back and said and done, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I understand. But you never know why you're doing certain things at that certain time or why your parents are telling you to do this. Oh, make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. You know, I talked about manners earlier in the show. Make sure you have these manners. Why? Why does any of that matter? Well, it does at the end of the day. So now... Could you imagine sitting in the car, little Damon, and your mom's like interviewing you like you're in a press conference and you're thinking, what the, why am I doing this? She saw something in him before he ever knew that he had any future in anything and was already preparing him to be that guy. I, I think that's, I think that's important. I think it's powerful. Oh, it is. It's so special. I mean, like, we can't advertise it enough. Go yeah. check out this, yeah, this piece here. But it is when you say like, oh, I mean, you're not surprised that he's knocking interviews out of the park. Like we just reading this. If you imagine you're sitting down when he's telling, yeah. he's basically telling you this verbatim, right? I like you said, sell sell the farm for him, like the handshake, him leaving the building, right? I'd say hey, we got you, right? Where you want your locker to be? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, could you imagine the best salesperson is always you. You'll always sell yourself better than anyone else could ever sell you. But if you if if they sit you down, if Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniel sit sit down with Anthony Richardson and say, hey, tell us a little something about yourself, and all of a sudden he rattles this stuff off. And it comes off natural, and he's charismatic, and da-da-da. Man, how could you not like the guy? 
How could you not, if you had them off your board, how could you not second guess yourself like, well, maybe we should reconsider, right? I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So I just think that, that man, the more you do the research on these guys, the more you read about them, the more you hear about them, obviously at the end of the day, man, Dave Ziegler and company are going to make whatever decision they make, and some franchise is going to make whatever decision they make, and they're going to pick Anthony Richardson. Someone's going to pick Bryce Young. Someone's going to pick C.J. Stroud. You know, Will Levis. All these guys are going to get their name called at some point. But you just, again, I just I root for guys when I start reading stories like this on them and just realize where they came from and where they're at right now. And then for him, I think that we are getting, if anybody were, would have tried to throw this at him, we're getting character concerns or anything like that out of the window now, early, immediately, he hired the same guy that Brock Purdy had to prep him for the draft. So for me, sometimes, remember when Draymond had that quote last year about, hey, we call these guys busts, but maybe we need to look at the coaching staffs and mm-hmm. what did you guys do to develop this guy? For me, if he, if it's like in 10 years, man, Anthony Richardson didn't pan out. We're going to have to look at who drafted him and what did they do to make him better around him because I'm not saying that he can't miss, but he, he has shown, at least in the pre-draft process, that he is willing to do any and everything to get himself to that next level as an NFL quarterback. No doubt, no doubt. Got a couple texts and a tweet. Uh, Dundee hit us up on Twitter and said, DJ was Terrence Howard character in Hustle and Flow. Ludacris was uh, Skinny Black. So uh, thank you for much, for much for that. Uh, also, Gangster Raider hit us up. <laughs> he said DJ was his name and Crunchy Black was Luda. I think it was Skinny Black, uh, <laughs> like Dundee said. But thank you, Gangster Raider. I appreciate Crunchy Black you. was in Three Six Mafia, so yeah. Yeah, there you go. So it was, it was Skinny Black, right? We had an argument in the barbershop about about uh, Three Six Mafia the other day. I, I won't get into that one right now, but there's that. We had that. It was me. Well, it wasn't me. I just sat back like a fly on the wall. It was a, it was a fun one between D and J. I think Will even jumped in it a little bit, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun little conversation. We always have fun conversations at the barbershop, whatever whatever we di- decide to get into. Uh, also, Jim from Yonkers hit us up and said, "Young Anderson, C.J. Stroud." Uh, what's he talking about? Jim from Yonkers said, "Young." I think it's his draft order. Oh, okay, okay. Young Anderson, C.J. Stroud, Wilson. Okay, so I see what he's doing. Young went to the Panthers. Anderson, Will Anderson went to the Texans. C.J. Stroud goes to the Colts. And then Tyree Wilson to the cards. Richardson and Levis still there when pick five comes. Thank you for a great show. Grizzlies are done. LOL. Jim from Yonkers. <laughs> There's your LOL, Jim from Yonkers. What are you, man, come on, what are you talking about done, man? They won the first game. A lot of teams get, you know, do you think the Bucks are done? Do you think that the Warriors are done? Teams lose game one. Seven game series, Jim from Yonkers. Okay? Seven games. You don't sound very confident, though. I don't sound very confident? No. Yo, no. I cannot wait till they win game two and whoop that trick as playing Damn. throughout the <laughs> arena as they put the beat down on the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, all right. Anyone who didn't get catch that reference, that is actually from Hustle and Flow. That's a song from Hustle and Flow. Uh, DJ, a.k.a. Terrence Howard, uh, had that as part of his uh, – they had a hell of a soundtrack for that movie, by the way. But 424 is the time. We'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and don'tbebroke.com. Text line 69187, keyword r Jim from Yonkers is fired up DeMond. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. Whoop that trick. Get him. 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 I'm going to make these. All right, I'm about to get grimy up in here. <laughs> I'm about to go all the way Memphis Grizzlies on her right there. There you go, a little hustle and flow soundtrack coming back. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I'll tell you right now, man, that was a really good movie. You know I'm not a movie guy, but that was a really good movie. And then Empire was really good at first. Empire was really good for a quick second. 
And then all of a sudden it faded out, and then Power was really the show. And then I couldn't – I don't think I can – I think I lost track of Power, too. There was too many different branches that came off of Power. Like, they still got – isn't Ghost dead? Yeah, but it's like the sun now or yeah. something. Yeah. Little Amari Cooper don't scare me, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, he looked like him. He looked like Amari Cooper, man. And he's got the same kind of expressions. Like, he doesn't get excited and happy about nothing. It's like, eh, I'm good. So, yeah, Power lost its little, its, its love to Empire lost it real early. They started singing everything. Like, every other word they started singing. I was like, okay, I'm done. All right. I mean, I, I can only take some, you know what I mean? Like, Homeboy was cool. Their son, the younger son who was the rapper, he was cool. What's his name was cool till he wasn't the R&B singer, and then he gets beat up in Chicago or fakes his own whatever he did. Whatever he did, I don't remember what he did, but those subway sandwiches, man. Yeah, gotta have them. Yeah, he was, you know, all of a sudden he became. But he, I mean, his little R&B tracks were tight. You know, they were good, man. I liked him at first, but he just kind of fell out too. So all of a sudden, everything became a song. Taraj Minaj couldn't leave Terrence Howard, then she could, then she couldn't, then he lost his leg. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I really stopped watching. You really didn't see all that? You didn't see his leg get blown up or whatever. Like it's, it became so unbelievable. Like everything that could go wrong went wrong, and he was still alive. You know what I mean? Like, look, dude, if you're gonna blow up my leg or my leg's gonna get blown up, you might as well just go on to call it a day for me, right? <laughs> for real, real quick, it was a family show, and then it's like I may have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah, and we all know it is an incurable disease. Absolutely. And I said if he makes it past this first season, I'm st- I'm not going to watch the show anymore. Right. And then it turns out because it's not something like it, you get misdiagnosed no, with ALS. Right. So once they said, "Oh, I'm fine," I was like, "I ain't watching the show no more." Right. Yeah, you made a good decision. <laughs> you bailed out on it a lot earlier than I did. I can't even remember those cast names. I remember Cookie. That was Taraj Minaj. 702-365-9200. Who we got up, man? Stove. Stove, welcome to the show, man. Save us from ourselves. What's on your mind? Everything is on my mind because <laughs> this draft can't get here soon enough. I mean, uh, I- I'm I'm like anybody else. I'm reading every mock draft. I'm listening to everybody. When I hear a national person have us taking three offensive players with our first three picks, a quarterback, a tight end, and a guard, I'm thinking that there's just no way that's going to happen. Uh, we we certainly could end up taking an offensive player at seven, and you know I go back and forth on that. Boy, if we end up with an all pro uh, lineman, that's not a bad thing. Or if one of the quarterbacks named Richardson or Stroud or, or Bryce Young were to fall to seven, you know that doesn't feel like a bad thing. But but I I just can't get a good read on this draft from really any level, and I don't remember a draft like this in the past. Certainly, you know, you may question who's going to go one or two. I don't think you can say with any degree of confidence what any of the picks are, even in the top ten. Because when you look at, for example, the Seahawks, if they take Anthony Richardson, nobody will be surprised. And if they take Jalen Carter, nobody will be surprised. Well, those are two completely opposite ways to think. One of them is getting your quarterback of the future. One of them is taking a degree of a risk on a, on a, on a lineman who might be the best player in the draft. I can't wait for, for 10 days from now because I think it is going to be an absolutely incredible night. And as a Raider fan, we are going to get a real look on who Dave Ziegler is. Because at this point, I don't know if I'm more comfortable trading up to three or back to 11. I think either one can have its positive value out of that but i'm i'm really all over the place how do you how do you come to grips with this draft knowing all the stuff that you know are you are you confident it's going to play in the raiders favor 
That's a great question, Stove. Thank you for the call. And I'll say this. I don't I don't have any idea. I really don't, right? I, I trust in this staff just because, well, right now at this point there's no options, and they haven't proven why there shouldn't be trust in them, right? I think that Dave Ziegler, I know some people don't agree. I think he did a good job with the picks he had last year with a small sample size. I think Parham was a really good player. Munford, he was able to show up. Zamir White didn't get any burn because Josh Jacobs didn't let him off on the field, which is fine, right? If drafting Zamir White helped Josh Jacobs play every single game and lead the league in rushing, if not picking up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option help keep Zamir White on the, on the bench and help Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing, I'm fine with that, right? Sometimes you need a little bit of competition behind you. Sometimes you need a little bit of fire behind you to get you to do some things. So if, if whatever they did turned into Josh Jacobs having that season, fine. I'm good with that. They have options. They have Zamir White. They have Britton Brown. I also think that Michael Butler, or Matthew Butler, excuse me, and, uh, and, and Neil Farrell Jr., I think they have an opportunity to do something. I've talked about them multiple times. I asked at the owners meeting, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, about them moving forward. And you're talking about two guys that did not go on vacation. They stayed here in Henderson, and they stayed at the facility, and they worked out, and they're getting deeper into the book of, of you know, the playbook and getting to try to understand what Patrick Graham wants done so they could do something year two. If they end up being somebody – who knows? Maybe that defensive tackle position is not really uh, a question mark and as big of a need as we think right now. Now, of course, we don't know. But those are two guys. Just because a guy doesn't step up and all of a sudden is the man immediately doesn't mean, that, doesn't mean it's a bad pick. I'll go back to Namdi Asamoah. Remember when Namdi was drafted in the first round? He really didn't show up for the first few years. I mean, when was the year he got his first interception? Like four years into his career? And he got like eight that year. And then ended his career at 15. So more than half his, his interceptions came in, in the first year that he got some picks. Then they stopped throwing his way because he was that damn good. Then he left the Raiders, went to the Eagles, and they used him badly. And he went to San Francisco, and, well, it was a wrap after that. He's still winning at the game of life, though. <laughs> I'll say that <laughs> with all due respect. Namdi is not hurting for nothing. <laughs> he is winning. I am not mad at him at all. But that's the thing. I mean, guys don't always step up and become that player immediately. Hell, look, we just talked about Geno Smith. It took that cat nine years to play worth a damn. Now he got a contract extension. Now he's got a place that likes him. So maybe he turns into something. It happens. Some guys don't necessarily get thrown into the mix immediately. I think Zamir White could be a really good running back. When is he going to get some burn? I expect he'll get some this year. I really do. Regardless of what ends up happening with Josh Jacobs' contract extension, if if he plays on the franchise tag, if they give him a a, a long-term deal, I think you'll see more from Zamir White anyway. Josh Jacobs carried the rock over 340 times this year, or this past year. That's the most he's ever ran in his career, by a lot. I think 270, I heard the morning tailgate talking about this morning, I think 270 was his career high at first. And then he hit, what, 340 this year? That's a big, that's a big time difference. And there was a couple games where he only carried the rock like 15 times, 10 to 15 times. But there was other games where he was up there 25-30. So I do think that they'll scale him back just a little bit for the sake of, you know, trying to also keep him fresh. I think you'll see Zamir White. I think he's a good running back. I think he could, he could provide some juice. He ain't the fastest dude, but he's, he's, he's a running back that can get it done. He's, he's kind of similar to Josh Jacobs. So, you know, there's, I, I think Dave Ziegler is going to do some good things for the silver and black. I really do. And I know everyone says, well, look at what the Patriots did in the draft. I don't necessarily think that that was Dave Ziegler. Right, I don't think that that was necessarily his philosophies. I actually think that he goes against the grain a little bit with what the Patriots, you know, did in the in the draft because we know at the end of the day, Double B had the final say. 
that was Bill Belichick all day. He he had the final say when it came to all things draft related. There might have been suggestions from Josh McDaniels. There might have been suggestions from Dave Ziegler, but the hoodie made the final call. There's no doubt about that. Real quick, going back to Josh Jacobs and his touches. 340 carries, 53 receptions. That's going to total out to 393 touches. Damn near 400 touches. Wow. It's a big, that's a big year. It's a big year. But also, you don't want your running back to replicate that same amount of touches going into the I mean, No, I mean, if he does that again next year, then, I mean, you wouldn't, want, you wouldn't give him more than a two-year deal, right? I mean, if you're going to use him like that year after year after year, that reminds me of when uh, DeMarco Murray had his breakout with the Cowboys. What did they do? They let him lead the league in rushing. He killed it. And they said, all right, go ahead and get your, your money somewhere else. And they went and let him get his money in Philadelphia, and he was never the guy. Went to Tennessee, still wasn't the guy. Only reason he was running, he had Derrick Henry behind him. They went and they, 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 gave, uh, they, gave, they, they traded for DeMico, uh, DeMarco Murray, and then they turned around and drafted Derrick Henry knowing that, well, Murray's the, 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 the tread on his tire is going to be running out pretty soon. So, I mean, unfortunately for the running backs, that's, that's just kind of the name of the game. Josh Jacobs, I believe, will be a Raider in 2023. I believe he'll at some point sign his franchise tag. He has till July 15th to get a long-term deal done. Something most likely, in my opinion, will get done. But, I mean, that's, that's up to them to figure it out. I can't get in that man's pockets. I can't get in the Raiders uh, in, their, in, their, in their bank account and say what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do because I'm not, I'm not that guy. Vinny talks to those guys, so Vinny would have a better idea of what they want to do and what they don't want to do. All I could do is sit back and let everything shake out. But as far as the draft goes, I feel pretty confident that most of Raider Nation is going to be pretty pleased with what they see coming out of the draft starting on April 27th. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to a man that we haven't heard from in a minute. Passionate Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, guys? Good afternoon, Q and, and DeMond. Hey, Q, I love that movie too, man. Anytime you're scrolling through Netflix or Amazon and you see Hustle and Flow, it is a must-watch. Always. And, and just thinking about it as I was waiting to come on, you know, when he's in the bedroom and he first dropped that one where he had old girl singing, keep hustling or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was just in it, and he was just feeling it, and it messed up because that mic, and he got so pissed off. That's how we are as Raider Nation, man. You just, we just get so pissed off, but we keep coming back because this is what we love, Q, and right now, this is, this is Dave's time to shine. This is his moment. This is Michael has Everyone has their moments in life, but they do. You get primed up when you get ready to go on. You know, it's that moment. It's your moment. Dave, you have to make this moment. It has to be the moment this year, Q. I, I don't I don't really think straightening back is an option right now, man. It, it, as good as some people think it does sound to pick up that extra, if you can't get who you want at three, if they're able to get up there and get that dog that they want at three, and it has to be like, like the caller before said, took the words out of my mouth, this pick is going to define who they are. Who are you guys going to define this year is that dog in the room? Q, if there's a man there that I think that they need to take, man, and I, and I just got a hunch, if, if 15 is there, I'm telling you they need to take that man. He's aced everything, and he's not showing any weakness. Only weakness is his amount of games played in college. He don't need to come in right now and play. He really don't. You know, I was listening to JT earlier talking about just run the play that is called. Run the play. Run the play. Have faith in your players. Let the quarterback run the play and do what you're supposed to do. We've got playmakers all over the field. Double Devontae. You got the Jacoby underneath. You got Renfro underneath. We're going to have decent tight ends. Just run the damn play and let it roll out. 
this has to be a, a, a defining moment this year in this draft for Dave Ziegler to come out and let Raider Nation know that we're going to make a statement going forward. No more of this piss-poor drafting. It can't happen. Let's get a cue. Let's go. Come on, There he goes, passionate Raider man. He's he's got the he's got the cadence down, man. It's almost like he's barking out plays, right? All right, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. Let's go! <laughs> but no, I, I, all seriousness, I think he's right. I honestly do. I think this is an opportunity for Dave Ziegler and everyone else in that front office, Champ Kelly, everyone, to put their thumbprint on this team and let it be known who these guys, what they're going to look like, how they're going to operate who they're going to be moving forward. This is the opportunity. If you have 12 draft picks, you are tied with the Texans as the most picks in this upcoming draft. 12. You could trade back a little bit. I've said it multiple times, and I've had guys like my guy Kevin you know, try to call me out. Well, what do you mean? There's going to be alpha dogs later in the draft. I, I'm sure there are. But I just want them to be able to get somebody that is a bona fide dog that you know is a dog out the gate. I want them to have that opportunity. And I, I'm, look, I don't know every player in the draft. I'm never going to act like I do. And I know that the front office knows a lot more than I do. But I just think that, yeah, trading back is cool, but just trade back to a certain extent. Don't get crazy. Don't, don't trade back like me. Like, I really felt uncomfortable with where I was when I started doing those trades, and I traded too far back, didn't think I got the right players. That was on me. I know Dave Ziegler and company know better. But, again, I just think that it, it makes sense for them to go and get somebody who could be a difference maker immediately for the silver and black. 702-365-9200. You want me to take a call or you want me to uh, ask for caller number nine? What you want me to do? Caller number nine. Let's do caller number nine. Battle for Vegas. The Golden Knights versus the Raiders. July 22nd. Las Vegas Ballpark. It's the fourth annual. Last year, the Golden Knights won. Who's going to win this year? I don't know, but you'll be on hand to check it out. So call number nine, 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Shout out to my man Aaron. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go to the Battle for Vegas. Golden Knights versus the Raiders. That's July 22nd. Las Vegas Ballpark, downtown Summerlin. It's really a fun time out. Really is. Been to the last two Battle for Vegases. And man, I'll tell you, it's a lot of fun seeing the players out there. Not really sweating anything. Just out there kind of having a good time. Interacting with the fans. You want to get autographs, pictures, all that good stuff. A lot of interaction with the fans. Really is a good time. They have the home run derby out there. And uh, just like I said, it's a good time to have a good time. And then you know, hey, the, the football season's right around the corner. At least training camp's right around the corner with July 22nd being the day, Saturday night, that the battle for Vegas will happen. And it's funny, DeMond told me, DeMond told me after uh, he got all Aaron's information and was told him congratulations, this, that, and the other, the call was going great. What did Aaron tell you at the end? Lakers in five. <laughs> it was real quick, too. Nice. He got you with the hit and run. He got you with the hit and run. He got all the information, got it recorded. He's the winner. Congratulations. Oh, by the way, DeMond, Lakers in five, dude. Yeah, man. Nice little catch up. Yeah, man. Uh, you're, you're in the system. All that before. He's won before. Uh, it's too late to back out on him, but I'm like, no, you didn't win. But it was too late. <laughs> <laughs> he raided until the end of the goal. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. So shout out to him. And obviously, he's got the Lakers. He got the Lake Show in five uh, over the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'll tell you, DeMond, watching the playoffs over the weekend, first of all, was a lot of fun, right? I, I really enjoy playoff basketball I enjoy playoff hockey as well as as we have hockey on in the screen uh, in the studio right now Uh, but and the Vegas Golden Knights will get their run started tomorrow excited about that there they'll be at the fortress excited about all kind of playoffs but NBA playoffs is fun Uh, the Knicks got their first win 
in the playoffs in forever, right? The Kings got their first, I mean, their first visit to the playoffs in 17 years, 16 seasons. They picked up a W in a very close game on Saturday night against the, the Warriors. I actually sat in the sports book and watched that one, me and the wife. That was a fun time. Uh, and there was, yeah, matter of fact, I saw Deuce Gruden on Saturday. Saw Deuce Gruden and uh, my, my man Vegas Jess. We were hanging out with Vegas Jess as well. And Vegas Jess goes, hey, Deuce. <laughs> hey, yo, Deuce. Deuce is like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I don't know. I don't know. What's he didn't going acknowledge on. you guys. No, no, no. But you know me, man. I, I keep it low key anyway. So I'm not. I'm not that dude. I told Jess. I was like, Yeah, they go do Scruton right there. Actually, the wife pointed him out. The wife's like, Oh, there goes Deuce Scruton. I was like, Oh yeah, there is. Wow, what a celebrity that your wife knows what Deuce Scruton looks like. The I'm, wife, I'm just the saying. Wife, <laughs> the wife knows who all these people look like, not by her choice, right? She's like, I'm surrounded by this all the time. So she kind of by default, she'll pick up voices on TV. She'll hear someone talking. She's like, Oh, so and so's on. Oh, you're listening to, you know, like commentators. You're like, oh, that's Beth Mowens. Oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, that's your friend so-and-so. You know, like, it's it's not her fault. It's not her. It's really my fault. But I guess, bless her heart, she she deals with it. I don't know how she puts up with it, but she does. Yeah, because so. that's something the average wife doesn't know the no, strength the av- and conditioning. The coach. average wife would be like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I get home and she's like, what game do we have to watch tonight? She doesn't say what game are we watching. She's like, what game do we have to watch? <laughs> so she puts up with it. But. Uh, yeah, so we saw uh, we saw Deuce Cruden. But anyway, getting back to the hoops game. So the the Warriors, they lost to the Kings. It was a really good game. Uh, the Kings had multiple guys go for 40-plus points. I mean, it, it was it was a hell of a, a finish. So the Warriors played a night, game two. They're down 0-1. It's a game I think that they have to win, and I've been saying it all, all year long, man. You can't just flip a switch. You, you play like crap. Just let's be honest about it. You play like crap on the road. Guess what? You lost on the road. Am I shocked? No. Glad they got that ring last year because this ain't it. <laughs> this year ain't it. I, I, I enjoy watching them. I'll pull for them. But I, I can be honest, man, and tell you that this ain't it for them. They ain't going to get it this year. I don't know who's going to get it. I think that the, 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 the trophy comes out of the East. I really do. But we'll see, right? The Suns, they're down 0-1. That's going to be the most surprising one for me because I think everybody's been there. They, you trade for Kevin Durant. But, I mean, it's all you got to do is win three more if you're, yeah, if you're but the Clippers. See, the thing about it is with KD, I think that they should – be you know favored to go a long way, but they haven't had any burn with each other, right? Mm-hmm. We were in Phoenix together at the Super Bowl when they traded for him. Remember how the people in Phoenix were running up and down the street? We got KD! We got yes. KD! And it was right, first take was in town, yeah. but, but that was the biggest news of the that day. That was the biggest news of the day. They're like, the hell with the Super Bowl. Cardinals ain't in it. You know, they're like, let's, let's talk about KD. And so that was what the sports radio was in Arizona. But they haven't had any burn together. So if the Clippers find a way to, to beat them or someone else, I just I think that they're you know I think that they're they could be in some trouble. This this might not be it. In CP3, I think he's got a lot of pressure on him, right? So we'll see what happens in that series. But the Suns uh, they're down 0-1. Denver they put a whipping on Minnesota. Minnesota probably didn't even deserve to be there. Let's be honest about the situation. They should have beat the Lakers. They didn't. They beat the brakes off of uh, the Bulls because the Bulls laid down. The no, Bulls OKC okay, so didn't want to be there. OKC okay, didn't. Oh, OKC okay, that's yeah. right. OKC okay, didn't want to be there. But OKC's okay, got they've got a good future. Yeah, because they know they got like three dra- three yeah, first round draft picks exactly. in all the next draft. Exactly, they got a lot coming their way that they're excited about. They're like, "Oh, we're good, we're good. We ain't gotta be. We ain't gotta be this team." So, who did the Bulls lay down to? Oh, Miami, Miami. The, the Bulls laid down to, and then you saw what Miami did uh, against Milwaukee without Giannis, and we'll see what's up with his injury. We'll see what's up with Jaw's injury. I don't know, man. But it's 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 a lot going on when it comes to the NBA playoffs, and injuries are always going to be. A major factor. Let's get one call in before we wrap up the show. Oh no, just kidding. All right, just we, kidding. Okay. <laughs> I thought I thought you would give me the motion the whole time. Like, hurry up, get to this call, dummy. But I guess not. 
I guess you just didn't want to hear about your Memphis Grizzlies taking that 0-1, losing the first game. Come on, guys. Who expects Rui Hachimura to put up 28 points again in the game? I know that he had potential coming out of college, but he's not that guy. I mean, LeBron, AD, where they were making such a big – the whole entire halftime report. This I'm going to attack ESPN. You guys, Q. Man, it is nothing but Anthony Davis. Is he going to come back? I don't know how it's going to look in the second you half You never the know Lakers. with Anthony Davis, though. You have to admit – Every time he falls, Laker fans, Houston and L.A. could call and tell you, every time he falls, Laker fans get nervous. And when he looked up and said, I can't feel my arm, I was like, of course you can't. <laughs> of course you can't. Because you're Anthony Davis. You are Anthony freaking Davis. That is your M.O. You're always injured. He's called street clothes for a reason. False reporting, if you ask me. I mean, he came out in the second half, and he played pretty darn well. I was waiting to see where's this injury at because he wasn't playing like he was injured. Well, I mean, did you see him? Walk himself back to the locker room, holding his arm, talking about he can't feel it? Theatrics. Well, maybe it was. It worked. Maybe he played possum. Meanwhile, John Morant. And then I knew that basically when Austin Reeves hit that behind-the-back pass. Yeah, he was and, feeling himself and, then. And Rui hits the three. But then when Ja went out, you could just tell the team they didn't have it. Though. Rui have got – he was in that zone where – and I talk about it a lot, man. When you hit a bucket and then you hit two, it's all of a sudden it's like you can't miss. That's where he got, he got in the zone where he's like, well, hell, I'm taking it to the rim. I'm going to dunk on you. I'm going to do a fadeaway. I'm going to pull up a three. I'm gonna do, I mean, he got into the zone where he couldn't, he couldn't miss. And look, role players, that's what they got to do in the playoffs, man. The playoffs are serious. Normally that happens at home, but they did it on the road. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, your, Grizzlies, uh, that's your Grizzlies hometown, man, your, your, your crowd right there, man. It wasn't up to snuff, man. It didn't do its job. It didn't do its part. It didn't play its role. Hey, man, you know what? You win some, you lose some. But they got to come back stronger game, too. It's like, cause, oh, it's the game plan. What are they going to fix? I don't think Rui's that guy that well. I mean, LeBron didn't have the game of his life. Enough with LeBron in the chase. So, isn't that, isn't that kind of scary, though? LeBron didn't we have a great see, game. Gotta, still we got to see where Jaws at. That's the, yeah, if your best player is injured, I mean, what can you but do? But Jaws injured every year at this time. He, lo- he went out last year against the Warriors with injuries. So at what point are we going to start talking about, hey, is this guy going to be available? Well, they tried to take him out last year. What do you mean? Oh. Tugging at the knee? Oh, here you go. You Sounds know like what? a bunch of excuses yeah, going I on to me. John Moran can't help it that the other teams are trying to take him out of the game. So what happened on Sunday? The the Lakers tried to take him out too? Hey, man, you see a guy going up like that, the most explosive player in the league. Why are you trying to take a charge? So you want him to get Try- out the way and let him just have a highlight on him? I'm saying play some real defense. Don't try to take the coward's way out and take a charge. Q, if that happened, you, you a baller, you a hooper. And I real told, hoopers, I, no. I, I, tore, that, I tore my ACL. It was my fault. You but know? if you go up to dunk on somebody and they come in late on the charge, you're going to be like, you're going to fall and break your hand and say, good, that was a good play, though? No, I tore my ACL on that. I got undercut. But that, to me, looked like he was taking the charge. It didn't look like it came and slid underneath you cool him last second. What? You cool with that? That's part that of the game. To oh, so it you it just, did happen to me. I tore two. That's why that's I'm here with game. you. That's why I'm here talking with you. Instead of jumping out the gym, making millions. <laughs> it's part of the game. Sorry about that. It's a little bit of luck. You know, luck has to do with it, too. 456 at the time. We'll be back with picks five through eight tomorrow on the show. We'll have plenty of news and notes to get to. And of course, we'll hear from you, Raider Nation. We appreciate you as always. It's Radish Radio 920.